Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Out of all the podcasts we've done, we've got a bunch of episodes so far. One of our favorites, or or one of the favorites according to you listeners, has been the question and answer podcast. So we decided it's something that we're going to incorporate regularly into our podcast rotation. The goal of this podcast always has been and always will be to help other people become the best versions of themselves possible. And there's a lot of questions uh, that are out there. So we are happy to answer them. So on that note, we are going to get started. And and Joe, we're going to follow the same rules as last time. Yes. Uh, Two minute time for each question. So basically what we do, rapid fire questions. Uh, Joe, you haven't seen the questions before. um, And this is the first time I'm reading them. So we're going to answer them off the top of our heads. So you guys get the most honest response possible. Joe and I will each take a turn answering the questions. Um, and we only get two minutes. Two minutes, time is up, whether we are done answering the question or not. Right. So, Joe, are you ready? I am ready. All right, let me get my little timer out here because yep. this is super important. <laughs> and uh, we will get started. Uh, let's go with the first question. So the first question for you, Joe, mm-hmm. and you're going you're gonna to start answering this, is what are your top three supplements for optimal athletic performance? And your timer starts now. Um, well, I guess just off the top of my head, the ones that I will typically make an argument for are going to be uh, fish oil, uh, protein, and I'm probably just going to say vitamin D3. Uh, those are the three that I think have the, the highest return on investment, uh, especially because I live in Minnesota. So three months out of the year, uh, I'm, I'm going to be unable to produce vitamin D from the sun. So taking a vitamin uh, D supplement is highly recommended. Um, it has a lot to do with uh, with fat metabolism as well. There's some other health benefits to it. Uh, it's not necessary for everyone. I usually recommend if you're doing like an annual physical and they do a blood draw, have them check your vitamin D levels. If they're good, you're probably good. Um, but I've also saw, seen in, in my own experience that depending on what time of the year I have a, a blood drawn done, I'm either low or kind of on the high end, but within the range. Uh, and so I typically will supplement at least through the, the winter months. Um, fish oil, tons of benefits with fish oil. I don't think there's anything out there that refutes that. Just all around good for you. Uh, you can probably get enough just eating fish regularly. Um, so that's one way you can go. Otherwise, try to get a high quality one. Uh, liquid stuff is generally preferred as opposed to eating, you know, 14 or 15 of the the horse size pills that you can get. Uh, one or two teaspoons of the liquid stuff is generally the same dose, uh, and it's usually cleaner. And then uh, protein, just because if you're if you're especially if you're trying to stay kind of low carb, uh, you got to get your energy from somewhere. And I I hate to admit it, but I can only eat so many steaks in a day. Uh, and so having a good protein supplement is probably the, the next big one. Uh, if I were to go off that list, uh, I could make a pretty strong argument for creatine uh, and maybe a good pre-workout because, you know, if you have to work a, an eight-hour day and then get to the gym and try to find energy, sometimes a pre-workout will give you a good good kick in the butt. And uh, creatine, there's there's just a lot of literature that supports that. That stuff really works. Perfect. You actually hit a minute and 56 seconds. Boom. Getting good good work. You're getting good at this. Yeah, we're pros now. <laughs> um, don't try this at home. So – the the for me my top three are protein pre-workout and fish oil so we actually have a lot of overlap there Mm -hmm. um first of all in terms of the pre-workout i will say this the best pre-workout going is probably just a regular cup of coffee you know it's safe the the caffeine is what you're really looking for in the pre-workout it acts as a stimulant it's a true ergogenic the problem with pre-workouts off the shelf and listen i take one 
because I'm not a fan of just drinking a cup of coffee. But the problem with them off the shelf is they're filled with all kinds of other stimulants. And you end up with this, yeah, it's great. It you know, woke you up for the workout. But how many of you out there, and this has happened to me, have taken too much pre-workout and had a hard time falling asleep? Oh, yeah. So now you're balancing like you're up for the workout. Great. But now you're having a hard time falling asleep. So that's why I say just a regular cup of coffee. If you are going to get something off the shelf, I'd recommend something where the caffeine comes from green tea, not caffeine and hydrus, And it's got limited stimulants in it just so you can uh, yeah, focus yeah. on recovery. Fish oil, I'm with you, prevents inflammation, uh, helps recovery status. Basically, every piece of literature I've ever read on it says good, 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 mm-hmm. prevents cancer, prevents heart disease, balances triglycerides. Really nothing bad about taking fish oil, just take high quality stuff. But then we've got to get to the protein here. And honestly, uh, this is going to sound like a shameless plug. It's not meant to be. (laughs) Joe, we're going to, I'm going to make the executive decision. We're going to go over a little two minutes because this is something I think we should talk about together because it came up the other day. We have got involved with a new company called NITOR Performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And NITOR has been making us this, this protein. And to be honest with you, when I got involved with NITOR, because I was involved with them before you, um, I kind of turned you on to them. Uh, It was a thing where I didn't know you know what to expect. Listen, I've tried every whey protein on the market. This is stuff I've been taking since, I don't know, 1998, 1999, every brand. And I've always wondered if someone took my protein powder away, I've taken it because I believe I need more protein, Mm -hmm. but I've always wondered that if someone took it away, would anything happen? Right. And before taking night or I would have said, no, I would be fine without my protein, eat some steak and some eggs. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's happened to me since taking night or I met the owners, uh, we started talking. Um, they gave me some samples. I started taking it. I really feel my body's changed more in the last few months on this stuff than it ever has. Yeah. This is certainly the leanest I've ever been at this body weight. I feel good. I feel like I'm recovering. And really the only change I've made is I'm taking in mass amounts of this nitro protein. I'm taking in three scoops a day. And um, I, I, I really feel different. And Joe, you said you had a similar experience yeah. uh, dosing with this stuff. Yeah. I've only, I've really only been taking it for about a month. Uh, but kind of following the prescription, right? And I, I had the chance to speak with uh, with Phil from Night Art Performance, and uh, he he was saying, you know, you need to basically take a shot of this every you know, every three hours, you should have a shot of protein. And that should either come from, you know, animal protein or from Nitor. And so I've been, I've been doing that. So I'm getting three shots of the Nitor stuff every day. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the, the way that I feel now, I've never felt this way. And, and I, I don't, it, it sounds a little like hoity toity. Um, but I do feel like I'm bouncing back from workouts a lot better. I'm hitting the workouts a lot harder. Um, I just feel actually like taller. I feel like this stuff is actually working. And, and like you said before the, the stuff that I was taking, I was just getting cheap at the grocery store. Uh, that stuff kind of messed with my stomach, but I was just sort of like, okay with that. And this stuff absolutely does not. Um, it's just been night and day. Well, yeah. And me either. I mean, you guys know the sickness I was through. I almost Mm -hmm. died last year. Um, had some major stomach issues. I was nervous about what I put into my body. That's one of the original reasons I started taking night or because they told me it was super easily digestible, super pure, super clean. My wife has a bad stomach. She was taking it, wasn't affecting her at all, but it's, it's, something that has really, I, I, I hate this term, but I think it's been a game changer for me. Right. And, and it's something that now I'm, I'm kind of hooked. Yeah. Yeah. 
so so I'm stuck. So hopefully I'm on the night or payroll forever. <laughs> I guess. Um, on that note, if you guys want to get some, uh, we've kind of negotiated a code with them because we really do believe in it. Mm. Um, we're trying to offer you guys products that are really really good um, that we actually use. So if you go to nightorperformance.com, put in the code Maximus Podcast, you'll get twenty percent off. I'll be very frank with you guys: the stuff is not inexpensive. It's no. forty nine bucks a bag, but it's high high quality. And here's the deal. You want to go buy some cheap protein from Costco. If you want to go buy some cheap protein from the GNC, and this is the trap I've fallen into in the past. That's why it doesn't work. You're throwing your money yeah. away. Yeah. Buy good stuff. You have you, one body. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't put junk fuel into a brand new sports car. Right. So you, why treat your body like that? You get what you pay for. You really do. And people spend money on all kinds of other garbage. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. Like, you know, you'll spend money. It's funny, the people that won't buy a bag of protein, but they'll go drop 50 bucks at a bar Yeah, on Thursday night. Like, you yeah. know, decide what your priorities are. Exactly. All right, now we're back on track. So we had a terrible start to that question. <laughs> we went way over time, but I, th- I think it was important. The next question is, Joe, and, and I think you should handle this first because of your experience sure. uh, working in corrections. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you deal with working graveyards and, and managing sleep deprivation while maintaining your PT regime? Ooh, yeah, that is a tough question. Uh, and it's not tough as in hard to answer. Uh, tough as in like, yeah, I yeah, I know where that's coming from. Um, so I was a I was a third shifter. Um, and I was one of the uh, the responding units at the institution that I was at. So being able to sprint, you know, two miles across the entire complex and then get into a fight was a distinct possibility literally every night. So part of it is like you you just kind of have to accept, okay, this is this is what it is. Uh, and especially as a rookie officer, I would get jammed. So I would end up working instead of my, my regular eight hours that I planned on, I would end up having to work 16. So the way that I sort of managed that was one, uh, completely blacking out the bedroom. I actually put tinfoil on the windows. I think the folks across the street probably thought I was some kind of conspiracy theorist. Uh, But tinfoil actually will keep the light out. I had no light sources in the room. I just had my alarm clock. Uh, And I did take uh, melatonin is a, I guess, a hormone that your body produces naturally as it notices the sun setting. When you're working shift work, that gets all screwed up. Uh, That stuff can be, I don't want to say there's like a negative effect to it, but it can really mess with your dreams. And I had some really weird lucid dreams on that stuff, but at least I was getting deep sleep. And the way that my day worked out is I would, so I was working third shift. So I got home at like seven in the morning. I would sleep until like three in the afternoon. I would actually go, I had a, a martial arts school that I would go work out at. Uh, and then I would go to my shift. So I was actually getting my workout in before I went on night shift. And then if I got jammed, I was just trying to survive it and then get home and sleep. And that would just be a day. Maybe I had to miss something. Uh, but that was kind of how I balanced it out is when I knew I could get in and train, I tried to get in and get as much out of it as I could. And if I ended up getting jammed, I just sort of dealt with that as like, a, oh, crap, this stuff happens. But try not to stress about it because, again, uh, and I've said it before, but stressing over stuff is oftentimes worse than the stuff that's happening. So I guess that's my answer. And Bobby, you, you were a cop. Did you did did you were you always a first shifter? I you know I actually have no clue what first or third shifter means. So like working the regular uh, day shift, second shift would be like okay, from yeah, two we, in the afternoon till ten at night, or from three to eleven. 
Got yeah, that makes that makes yeah. sense to me. We never used that terminology. We were on a, a weekly compressed uh, work schedule, I guess it was called. Okay. And so I had this weird schedule where I'd work seven midnights, mm-hmm. six days off, four afternoons, three days off, mm-hmm. three days, four days off, three afternoons, two days off. It was this wacky, wacky yeah, schedule. Yeah. It was on like a five week rotation. Anyway, um, I'll start my time now. In terms of dealing with it, I don't think you can deal with it. I think you just manage it mm-hmm. as best as possible. Listen, it's not ideal to be getting five or six hours of sleep a day and at a time when your body's not meant to sleep. Humans aren't nocturnal. Right. It's really hard to adjust to sleeping in the day versus sleeping at night. But the two things that I found really helped me working midnights, uh, helped me survive. Number one, I never skipped workouts. The people who I saw do the best with shift work as time went on in their career and their lives uh, when they hit their 40s or or 50s Hmm. were people that made time for exercise daily. The people who didn't make time for exercise, even if they were, you know, because they were tired or they didn't want to train, their body lost the ability to cope with stress. Yeah. And that's where exercise really comes in. So almost as like preventative medicine. I got a buddy right now who's been working shift work for years, but because he's never skipped a workout, he tends to deal with it pretty well. The next thing is take care of yourself when you can. Right. Uh, what what guys have a tendency to do in girls is is they work seven midnights, then they have six days off, and rather than trying to catch up on sleep or take care of themselves or rest, they're going out and mm-hmm. they're, they're partying and they're doing all kinds of stuff, and you just get run right down. So the rule is when you work, you work, but when you rest, you really try to rest. So every chance I could during my days off, I would try to nap, I'd try to rest, I'd try to recover, so that when I did have to work those midnights. I go in with as much horsepower as possible. And when I came off of them, I was still in relatively good shape. If that, if that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. so take care of yourself and, and work out. And I made up for your 15 second overtime. Perfect. We actually, we actually need a buzzer that we can like, <laughs> I was watching, um, I was watching PTI on ESPN, mm-hmm. pardon the interruption. And they have a buzzer. So yeah, they're and, like and then they, just, they just blatantly ignore it anyway. So yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just makes it sound more professional, I guess. <laughs> So the next question is, do you take your crystallized ginger pre or post workout? Um, I feel that's directed at me. Yeah. Uh, So I guess I guess I'll just answer that. I actually take it during the workout. There's a numerous benefits from ginger. It's Mm -hmm. anti-inflammatory. It can help settle your stomach and prevent nausea, um, which is important, I think, when you're working out really, really hard. There have been some studies that have reported that it can have a positive effect on your hormone profile. So for things like testosterone, uh, human growth hormone, things like that, it can relieve muscle pain. Um, That's due to its anti-inflammatory properties, um, but it can help relieve muscle and joint pain. It can help regulate blood sugar and it can help reduce fasting blood sugar and promote healthy blood sugar levels. Um, it also, because it's covered in sugar, the crystallized ginger, it helps me uh, not get low. I've got a problem with um, hypoglycemia mm-hmm. and I tend to run low a lot. And if I'm working out, there's a lot of times during an hour and a half or two hour session, I start to get lightheaded a little bit and mm-hmm. feel like I need a bit of sugar and it's super easy to digest. So um, it uh, it works for that. So between the increasing the testosterone, did I say it meant it helps your immune system as well? It's got some antifungal, antimicrobial um, compounds in it. So overall, it's a super, you know, a, a super food for health. Um, but I take it during the workout because mm-hmm. the sugar helps keep me a little bit high. There, there's actually some research that shows that tasting something sweet in the middle of a workout actually helps your body avoid trying to conserve. 
yes. uh, the sugar it's burning because it thinks there's more coming in. So you can actually maintain higher energy levels through a workout if you're just snacking on something sweet as you go along or even just drinking something sweet. Yeah, um, no, for sure. So that's that's one of the benefits. But I mean, honestly, for all the other health benefits for mm-hmm. your immune system and testosterone and stuff like that, you could really take it anytime. Well, and it's tasty. Yeah, it is tasty. Yeah. Um, next question best ways to remove negativity stress from your life and then he's got friends job etc yeah um, get rid of them all get rid of them all you can uh, <laughs> you can get a sharp knife you can start this now joe sure like uh i mean one option is just like go build a cabin in the woods and don't talk to anybody ever um but that's not really practical the the big thing is uh and i think i could just refer you back to our setting boundaries podcast figuring out the things that are really bringing you down and then coming up with a plan to address them and then actively setting those boundaries. And the thing is like, you can't just cut people out of your life, but if you have a boundary set and that boundary is continually encroached upon, if somebody keeps testing that boundary or if they just blatantly break it, then it's a lot easier to make that decision and say, Hey, look, you know, I told you, I didn't like it when you did that. I told you that if you continued to do that, I wasn't going to continue to hang out with you. You've kept pushing me I think we just need to take a break and then walk away. Um, work, it's a lot harder because you can't just walk away from your job unless you can, um, which at least for a day or two will feel terrific. Uh, but the reality of, you know, bills coming in um, will eventually turn that into more stress. Uh, so I think it's about finding a place within the boundaries that you have in front of you and and figuring out sort of how to make it work. You know, you don't have to focus on all the negativity. Uh, you can just kind of block that stuff out. And I think especially in like office environments, people really do get stuck in in a negative place where you know they just want to bitch and bitch and bitch and you just kind of have to you know what it's hard enough for me to come in here and work day after day after day under the stress that i'm under i don't need your bitching like let's just try to focus on the positives here uh and i think when you do that you become part of a solution and hopefully that helps change a culture and that can be kind of like your little side project at work is to just be the the happy little you know flower in the middle of a pissed off field of daisies fair you did good that time all right under under time uh I'll, I'll actually make mine pretty short it's okay to be selfish and that's really all i have to say sure and and that that point is we live in this world where we constantly want to please others but at the expense of ourselves mm-hmm. and we agree to do things or agree to be around people that we don't have to be around and then we just build resentment so understand you have one life you have you know a limited time on this planet it's okay to to be a little bit selfish and do things for yourself. What I do is, is if someone is really a negative drain on me, I don't keep them around. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't do a job that I don't want to do. I try to live my life for me. And, you know, as much as that may seem selfish to people out there, I can't be of service to other people if I can't look after myself first. Mm-hmm. So for me to be the best husband I can be, the best friend I can be to you, Joe, the best dad I can be to my kids, I've got to look after my basic needs. And some of the, you know, a big part of that for me is just being away from negativity. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, on to the next I recently injured my foot and I'm wondering what I could do to continue getting fit. Joe, you go first. This is a friendship test. I'm going to see how um, how close we are, uh, to how close our friendship is and go. Uh, well, um, I was just going to say Rob Jones ran a whole bunch of marathons and he's got no feet. So figure it out. Okay, that's a great answer, but you failed our friendship test. The answer was do the Holy Trinity every damn day. So push-ups, pull-ups, dips, get jacked. Um, who cares about leg day anyway? Yeah, you just do what you can with what you've got. I mean, that's that's kind of the nature of the thing. If your arm's broken, do the lowly trinity every day. You just, you do what you can. Yeah. And that brings up a good point. 
just because your arm hurts doesn't mean you can't work your legs. Mm -hmm. Just because your legs are hurt doesn't mean you can't work your upper body. I mean, there's always something else to, to work on. I remember when I blew my ACL, I made it my mission to build the strongest upper body the world had ever seen. When I blew my shoulder and needed surgery, the day after getting out of surgery, I was in the gym working on legs. Like there's always something you can do. So just don't worry about it so much. Wait for it to heal and then crush your upper body. There you go. Next question. How do you eat garbage food and weigh 250? What the fuck? <laughs> um, okay, so I think this is directed at me. How do you eat garbage food and weigh 250 pounds and have so little body fat? Um, uh, well, the, the the truth is, and I guess this is the first time I'm telling the public this, I'm, I'm from a planet other than Earth, <laughs> and my metabolism uh, takes in uh, human food differently than, than humans do, and, and garbage food just makes me big and rich. It's, it's because um, he's Canadian. That's just how Canadians are. Yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> truth is, um, I mean, maybe I am from another planet, but the, the real truth is, first of all, I'm 250 pounds at a low body fat, so I burn a lot of calories. Mm-hmm. To maintain my body, I've got to eat between six and 8,000 calories a day. It gives me a lot of leeway in terms of what I can take in. Number two, you might only see what I put up on Instagram, right? Like you don't yeah. see what I eat all the time on a day-to-day basis. So Joe, you know me pretty well. Oh yeah. If we were to scroll down my Instagram, I had a steak last night. A steak is not garbage food, right. by the way. Then I had Pretty Bird fried chicken on March 7th. Uh, not going to say fried chicken is the healthiest thing in the world, but it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Then I had Pretty Bird the time before that on February 23rd. Pretty Bird again on February 18th. Uh, another steak on February 14th. I'm just going over all my food posts. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at what, Joe? In a month and a half, I posted two steaks and three fried chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Don't get into the Instagram bias where you think that's all I eat. Yeah. If I post a bag of Doritos tomorrow, it doesn't mean I'm eating Doritos every day. Well, and think you of know? this too, like how many calories are in a steak? Uh, you eat a big steak, maybe, maybe you're taking in 800, 1,000. Well, exactly. You know, and, and, again, and that's, again, that's one sixth of what you're eating that day. So what are, where are the other five or 6,000 calories coming from? Exactly. And, and, and again, steak's not even bad. No, no. So just because you see me post Doritos the odd time or McDonald's the odd time, it doesn't mean I eat like that every damn day. You know, honestly, for me, five out of six meals are, are what you would consider super healthy and nutritionally mm-hmm. dense. And then sometimes I have to get in some extra calories to maintain my weight. And let's not forget, I work out four to six hours a day right. hard. Yeah. So if you're not doing that, then then don't eat that much. Next question. Uh, what do you find is the best way to recover after a workout for a man at 50? Joe, I feel like you're closer to 50 than <laughs> I think you're technically a week older than me. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I don't think age really matters that much. I mean, just recovery is recovery. And for me, my go-to is contrast showers. So I just, I like hot water, do the shower thing. And then before I get out, I'll flip the hot water off, just turn it off entirely and just stand under the cold water as long as I can take it and maybe cycle back and forth five or six times a minute under each. Uh, I just like that back and forth. Um, when I'm at the uh, athletic club that I train at these days, they have a sauna. So after a good hard workout, I'll go down, sit in the sauna for 20 minutes and then go do my contrast shower immediately after that. And that is like, that's amazing. So that works for me and that's why I do that. For some people it's probably going to be more like get a massage or go do yoga or I don't know. There's something that works. You got to figure out what that is. Fair. Um I want to add to that, Joe. I think I just want to clarify a comment you made. When you say that you don't think it matters much your age, mm-hmm. 
I just want to clarify for the audience. I think you were referring to the fact that the modality doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Like a contrast shower is going to work the same for you, whether you're 40 or 50. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Sauna is going to work. But the, the reality is at the age of 50, you need more recovery. Yeah, 100%. So in terms of the best way, I'm not sure if there is a best way for a person of any age. Massage works better for some people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got constantly tight muscles, massage is a big ticket item for you. For some people, if it's a work volume type of thing, sauna might work the best. For some people, if it's a, if it's a bone issue, it might be chiropractic. Um, the bottom line is get as many of the activities as you can in. There's no such thing as over recovery. Right. So you have to pay attention. And I will tell you, um, if you look up some of the articles I've written for Men's Health lately on training over 40, uh, at 40, you really got to pay attention. At 50, you really, yeah. really have to pay attention. Yep. More sleep, more recovery practice. Yeah. And There's I was no going to say that too. Like, make sure you're getting plenty of sleep because that's the big one. That is the big one. I mean, honestly, Joe, if I get eight hours, I feel superhuman every day. Uh-huh. If I get seven hours a night, I feel like garbage. Right. It's that fine of a line. Next, currently in high school, now in Canada, anything that you know now that you wish you would have known back then? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Joe, he's, he's talking to you because you're old. Now. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it's actually funny. Uh, uh, a girl that I went to high school with, uh, Whitney, if you're listening, hi. Um, she, uh, she became a personal trainer and we, she had been asking me some questions knowing that I'd been in the industry for a while. And, and we had exactly that conversation of like how I, and I don't want to like blame the coaches because they might be listening to, but like how poor our, our training regimens really were in retrospect, given everything yeah. that we know now. So I, I guess if I had to go back and, and, and this is going to sound like a, a very broad oversimplification, but honestly, I just wish that I would have understood better just the, the benefits of hard work and dedication and consistency more than anything. Um, yeah. I don't think there was necessarily anything wrong with like when we were doing the lifting, the the sets and the reps and the rest and all that stuff. I just wish that personally, I would have known a lot more about the benefit of sticking to it and not messing with the program and not playing games with it. I mean, there's tons of stuff I could go into for like sports specific training uh, because I was a, you know, a multi-sport athlete in, in high school. Uh, but it was, you know, small town Wisconsin where I went to school. My graduating class was only like 60 kids. So it wasn't like we were going to have a whole lot available anyway. So yeah, short answer is exactly that just dedication hard work consistency payoff stick with it i guess the the broader stuff is i could probably write a book on all the stuff we did wrong and what i wish i could have been doing back then but a lot of the stuff that i know now i don't know that anybody knew back then you know like crossfit didn't exist when i was 16 years old so it was a a little bit of a different world um so yeah looking back i mean i wish i would have done things differently as an athlete but really it's it's the big picture stuff like just being dedicated to a program and following it through to completion i mean there you go good uh, I'm glad you took the fitness route on this, Joe, because I'm going to take the life route. Sure. Um, the, the, the one thing I wish I knew back then, I wish I wouldn't have been in such a hurry to grow up. So I've, I've told you this story before when I was 23, 24 years old, it was one of the best times of my life. I uh, lived above the kickboxing studio where I used to train rent cost me $450 a month. Uh, basically it was an old hotel. So I had hotel room with a fridge in it and a microwave, uh, and a bathroom and a bed, kind of like a little bachelor pad. And again, 450 bucks a month. My student loan was 150 bucks a month and I had a little pay as you go cell phone that I could I could do some text messaging on and make a couple of calls but I didn't have the internet at this place I didn't have a TV I had a job I was a bouncer working at a local bar and I made 200 bucks cash a night under the table so I'd work Thursday Friday Saturday night so I'd take in 600 bucks a week and so you know my first week of work uh, in a month would pay for my rent and student loan 
And then basically I got 600 bucks a week after that to just spend on food, travel, mm -hmm. my little cell phone, like whatever I wanted. And it was one of the freest times of my life. I was training to fight. My goal was to be in the UFC. And my life was just training, hanging out with friends, uh, going on dates, relaxing, uh, going to the beach in the middle of the day. Like it, it was really a dream scenario for training. I had no responsibilities to anyone and I was free to chase my dream. But at 24, 25 years old, I decided like, I need to grow up. I need to get a job. Mm -hmm. If I don't get a job by the time I'm 30, no one's ever going to hire me. And once you enter the real world, it's real hard to go back. Yeah. Like with kids and a wife and all this stuff. And so what I tell young people now is you are at the time where you don't owe anybody anything. You have no responsibilities. You don't have mouths to feed. You can do what you want, when you want, how you want to do it and be selfish and, and use this time to chase your dreams. Nice. So that's what I would say. Um, improving cardiovascular fitness for Brazilian jiu-jitsu outside of rolling. Um, I'll handle this because I'm actually, uh, well, I do jiu-jitsu. And Joe, it's probably not much different than Taekwondo, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and there's another question. What would your training recommendations be for people that practice martial arts? So these are kind of in the same category. Mm -hmm. Here's my viewpoint on it. If you're doing something like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're doing something like Taekwondo. And Joe, I guess we'll do this together. So sure. feel free to chime in. You should be during sparring or during class working hard enough that you don't need to work your fitness outside of that. Right. I, I, I can't stand when people say, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for eight years and I'm really out of shape. <laughs> How does that happen? Like I've been doing Taekwondo, sparring is really hard. Fighting is really, really hard. So the conditioning portion, you should get in your BJJ well, or Taekwondo. And, or and I'd say too, I, I trained in a room, we'd have 60 people training simultaneously. So we did a lot of like line drills where you'd be in yep. a line, there'd be 10 people in line, your turn came up, you'd do something across the room, maybe do some push-ups on the other end, sprint back, get back in line. So part of our conditioning was when you were in line, your heels could never touch the floor. Yeah. You just, you had to be bouncing, you had to be moving, you had to be light on your feet the whole time. And for people who just joined the team, you know, for the white belts coming in, like their calves were burning, you know, and they were stretching and they were like, gosh, I can't keep moving like this. But by the time you got up in rank, you didn't even yep. think about it. Yep. But stay in shape by being in class and exactly. working hard. If you, if you're not in shape from the martial art you're doing, you're being lazy about it. Yes. What? what I want to focus on outside of martial arts is, is not the cardiovascular aspect of fitness. Cause I should get that in my sport. I want to work on bigger ticket items, like building real horsepower, right? Building a high level of strength, uh, building a high level of power, um, working on, uh, structural things to keep me injury free. Yes. But in class, when it's time to spar, go hard, don't be lazy, go hard and you'll be in plenty good enough shape. Yes. Uh, Joe, I've got no clue about the next question. It says, do you do the five, five, five workout a lot? Is he referring to the 555 workout that I that, mentioned? That would be my on guess. Yeah. Instagram, or is there something you know of that's I, like a like a like a Jim Wendler's five? That's, well, that's what I was thinking. Like maybe just thinking of like some Wendler program, but five 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 could be the five fifty five workout, and that would seem to be an intelligent question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say that's what he's asking. Fair enough. If it's that, uh, you know, once every week to once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something that comes up a lot. Uh, I love it. I don't always do it with the same exercises. Um, I'll switch them up sometimes depending if I'm doing upper or lower body. But it's uh, it's kind of a staple in my workout diet, if you will. Joe, for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I probably only do that one once a month um, because I, I'm kind of doing like an upper body, lower body thing. And that has both. So it doesn't always fit in what I'm doing. Um, I kind of I'll do Ticket to Gainesville, which is very similar. 
Um, yep. That one probably every week. Just I love that workout, and because again, it's all upper body stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, five fifty five is one. It's like, what do you what do you guys want to do today? I don't know. Let's do five fifty five. Okay, it just hits on all on all cylinders. It checks off a lot of boxes. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, if you guys don't know what the the five fifty five is, uh, you need to go to Amazon and you need to download <laughs> the book, a copy of the Maximus Body. There's a hundred workouts um, in there, and five fifty five is one of them. So uh, feel free to look that up. Um, best advice for mass gain in your mid thirties. Um, that's, that's easy. Eat a lot and lift a lot of weight. You'll yeah. I mean, that, that, that answers it. Um, I, I would say for that, Joe, I would say you've got to eat enough food to actually build some mass. Mm-hmm. Um, eating enough food is going to be dependent on your starting point. If you're really, really lean and don't carry around a lot of body fat, obviously you're going to have to eat a lot. If you're already carrying around body fat, what's your real goal to actually put on more muscle or to lean up? Cause I think sometimes when people say they want to put on mass, it's because they want to look good and you could look equally as good by getting lean. Right, right, right. And, and I think um, people discount that a lot, you know, because I think that was even yeah. my experience going through my transformation was I, I dropped 30 pounds and I thought I was going to look like a little twig and I definitely did not. But no one but knows you can't, you you can't just like gain so much muscle that the same amount of fat is just spread out like yeah. That's a joke. That doesn't work that way. You know, no, you're, for sure. you're going to have to gain some some unwanted tissue as well. No, exactly. And and so I, the basic advice I would say is clean up your diet. So eat, eat towards your goal, um, you know, and, and eat a healthy diet of, of nutritionally dense food and work out every day. Mm-hmm. Just be regular. I know that my catchphrase is every damn day and it may seem like I'm I'm trying to push that on you constantly. But really, if you just show up every day and do something, you'll get good at it. Mm-hmm. So start there. Another guy asks, uh, what's the best way to stay motivated? And I'll start the clock for you now, Joe, because this sure. one could get long. <laughs> Actually, I have a kind of a quick answer for that one. You don't rely on motivation. You just don't. Motivation is fleeting. It's, okay. it's great when it's there, but you know today you're going to feel motivated. Tomorrow you're not. And, and the real question you need to ask is, what am I going to do when I don't feel motivated? And my yep. answer to you is, you're going to go train anyway. Okay. And once you've got that, like now you're onto something. Discipline will, will trump motivation all the time. All right. Uh, 30 seconds. My <laughs> answer. Um, my thing is, it's kind of similar to yours. I don't think you should struggle with motivation. If you're struggling with motivation, I feel your goal's not good enough or your yeah. goal's not strong enough or you're not passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not motivated or not unmotivated to be a good dad. It's just something I'm really passionate about and I want to do. I love my kids, right? Um, I don't think there's days that you wake up, Joe, you're an incredible dad. I really respect you for that. I mm-hmm. love how you are with your kids. I've never heard you say, God, I just don't want to be a dad to Jojo and Max today. <laughs> I can't take it. Like you're not, your motivation is always there. It's, it's yeah, what you yeah. do. And that's how I feel about training. Like I've never struggled with motivation because I really love what I'm doing. So, so I, I don't even know how to help you. If you're not motivated, um, motivation's got to come with, from within. There's not a catchphrase I can give you or not some, I, I don't know what you're looking for, but learn to love what you're doing and be passionate about it. And motivation comes easy. Um, have you ever helped someone go from obese to 10 to 15% body fat? What was the hardest part? And uh, we're going to change this around a little bit. Okay. Um, I'm going to take some producer privileges here. Um, <laughs> and Joe, I'm going to just say, talk about your transformation because it's really the same thing. Right. Whatever, whatever the starting point is, whether you're 35% body fat, 40 or 20 the the rules to make a transformation are the same. So kind of talk about what was the hardest part for you? I, honestly, the hardest part for me was believing that I could because I'd been a certain way for so long that I didn't think I could ever get 
to like single digit body fat in my life. But really, uh, I I probably started, I'm going to guess, I don't know, maybe 23, 24% body fat. And getting down to like 14 or 15, like it took some work, it took some effort, but it wasn't terribly difficult. Getting from like 14% down to 10%, that was a lot harder. And okay. the, the margin of error within that was a lot narrower. So it seemed like the leaner I got, the harder it was to get leaner. But by that point, I was really liking what I was seeing. And I was highly motivated because all of a sudden I believed that I could, you know, it was like, I didn't believe that I could get from 24 to 14. And that wasn't really that bad. And here I am at 14. And it's like, Oh, yeah, I can keep going with this. Yeah. What I think is the hardest thing for somebody who's been through that is maintaining it afterwards. Because yes. it, it's kind of like for, for that 12 weeks of my transformation, I was like flexing a muscle really hard every day, all day, seven days a week, you know, 12 weeks straight. And then I just wanted to relax. And, and the truth is you just, you can't, this is just who you are now and kind of what you have to do. And so the real fight comes after that and, and, and trying to figure out like, okay, what, where, where can I relax? Where's relaxing too much? Like which rules are just going to have to be how I live from now on? Um, and the good news on that is having been through the whole thing and getting down to where it was, I, I feel like the margin of error is suddenly a little bit wider, you know? So, so I'll ask you a question then. Sure. Are you saying then, I mean, like kind of in a, kind of what I'm hearing from this is that basically reprogramming your lifestyle is the hardest part? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and again, setting boundaries around nutrition and recovery and workouts where your life before that kind of undertaking probably didn't have that. So now you're going through all your relationships, you know, you're explaining to your wife how important it is that you need to get to the gym today. You know, you're explaining to your friends why you're not going to go out drinking with them on Friday nights anymore. Like that was probably the the hardest stuff. But, you know, being hyper focused and just obsessive as I am, um, I guess I just managed to make it through that. And and like I said, at the end of 12 weeks, all of a sudden it's a different world. Do you just go back to what you were doing? You know, and yeah. your friends just welcome you back to your Friday night poker game where they're just eating crap food and drinking stupid. Like now that's gone, you know, and that's that's well, the moment where you feel it really sits in like. If I want to stay this way, I have to stay this way. Well, and that's a real problem, right? Um, your two minutes is up, so I'll start buying. But sure. the, the the real problem is a lifestyle because what I see a lot of people do is go on these transformations or, or go on these diets or go on these exercise kicks. And they last five weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, four months, whatever it is, but they always regress. Yep. So I think and, – and listen, if you're obese, you're obese for a reason. Mm -hmm. You've let yourself really go. And people that are obese, it's not just in one area. Right. Like you've really given up. Yep. You don't sleep enough. You're stressed. Uh, you don't eat well, you don't work out like it's a whole lifestyle overhaul. So, so managing that, I think is difficult because I don't think going to the gym for an hour a day is hard. Yeah, no. And that, that's kind of like what I was saying, you know, that gets to be the easy part. Honestly. Yeah. It's overhauling your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, next question. Do you have any experience with CBD supplements? Um, two chains sings about them in a song called Big Bang <laughs> by YG, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, his CBD has chocolate on it. Um, hmm. so he says, um, other than that, I don't, uh, I've never used it. Um, I've, I've read that it can have some really good benefits. It's just something I am completely not familiar with you, Joe. Uh, I mean, I've, I've read some stuff on it. Some people that I respect seem to be interested in it. Um, but again, I just, I just not that big into supplements, you know, I kind of take what I take and. And that seems to do me just fine. Um, I'm not really even that interested in trying it. Fair enough. All right. Um, any tips for programming as a trainer? Oh, I got a great one. Go okay, to the Maximus go. Method certification. 
Take the yes. course and you will know Good. everything. Done. Good. We're just getting all of our sponsor plugs right. in here uh, <laughs> naturally. Um, but but on that note, um, we're going to have to start going rapid fire here, Joe, because okay. we got a bunch to get through. Yep. Um, I would say top tips for programming as a trainer, seek out people to learn from. Yeah. Because even, even if you're great at what you do, you will get stale and fall into your patterns. I always want to give people the holy trinity. Mm-hmm. Because it's my favorite workout. You always want to give people a deadlift workout because that's yep. your favorite exercise. Talked about it today. Learn from other people and bring new stuff into your gym. Your people will appreciate it. Um, most useful discipline tip you use to stay focused when you aren't uh, feeling it. This kind of relates to that other goal. How do you yeah. stay motivated? Um, D- honestly, discipline to- can't come and go. Discipline just no. is what it is. That's it. No, and it- and if you really want something, you'll figure out a way to be disciplined. I don't take days off from being a dad. That's right. I don't take days off from being a husband. Um, and I don't take gym. days off from being a monster. No, that's exactly it. Like it's that whole thing about the the what are sharks doing on Monday? Being a fucking shark. Yep. Like biting shit, reminding people they're a shark. <laughs> um, if you're having trouble with, with staying focused, you need a new goal. Maybe examine why you're not passionate about what you're supposed to be passionate about. How to train intensely with herniated discs or a similar chronic injury. That's really tough without knowing the extent of the injury. I know some people who have had herniated discs that are, you know, still playing professional sports. I know yep. some people that are crippled. So, you know, that's, that's a difficult it, one. I, you got to dance around what you can do and what you can't do. And then yeah. you look at what you can do and you focus on that. And I would say find yourself a really good sports medicine yes. guy. Yeah, 100%. Not someone, that just, not someone that just says they did sports med- yeah. medicine. You've got to be somebody, you know, be with somebody that's worked with some athletes. Yep. Um, can you describe your typical off day or active rest day? I, I don't know what those are. Yeah, that's why nobody will remember this guy's name. Uh, <laughs> um, days off. Yeah. Um, but no, for real, uh, typical off day for me or active rest day when I do take time off, I, I, I like to play video games. I like to play Magic the Gathering. Uh, I like to hang out with my kids. Uh, we take the kids to the pool almost every Sunday, go to the park with them, mm-hmm. um, go for a walk. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff I like to do when I'm not training. But the the one thing I always do is try to move around a little bit. Yeah. I don't just glue myself to a couch. It might be 100 push-ups. It might be 100 squats. It might be a swim with the kids. It might be a walk. But I try to move my body because if I don't, it's hard as hell to get moving the next day. Yeah, I'll just I'll do push-ups with the kids and then spend some time stretching and working mobility. They love that stuff too. They'll be climbing all over me, you know. All right. Next, in your opinion, what is the best breakfast, lunch, dinner for gym and daily performance? Uh, I'm going to answer this. Steak, steak, and steak. You can uh, get it at meatlocker.com. Yes. M-E-A-T locker.com. Use the code Maximus. Yeah, you can tell how yeah. good I am at promotion <laughs> stuff, but use the code Maximus. You get 15% off. Seriously, there's not I, – I, I don't think there is always a good breakfast, a good lunch, and a good dinner. Mm-hmm. And by the way – I eat breakfast for dinner all the time, oh, yeah. if that makes sense. There's nothing yep. wrong with having bacon and eggs at 5 o'clock at night. Yeah. The big thing why I mentioned the meat is because, you know, for me, if you're going to have the best food possible, you want stuff with nutrient density. Yes. And there's a lot of people on the carnivore diet. Um, that are doing really, really well on it. It's a diet where you only eat meat. Meat is is the most nutritionally dense food there is. Protein, 
fats, vitamins, minerals. I mean, a person can live, can't live off plants alone. You can live off meat alone. Yep. So, you know, I would say something like a, a really high quality meat and you can get it at, at meatlocker.com. Uh, best plan for a volunteer firefighter looking to go career. Um, really not sure what that question well, means. I think, I think, I mean, if you're, if you're a volunteer and you're, you're trying to get a full-time job as a firefighter, I, I would use the same answer I would give like a, a fighter or a martial artist is you don't have to be the strongest human being that ever lived to be a good firefighter. You just have to be strong enough. So yep. so something like a CrossFit approach where you're doing a lot of different modalities, challenging yourself on a lot of different planes of movement, uh, some sprinting, some long distance stuff, some light stuff, some heavy stuff, a lot of body weight stuff. Just get good at everything. Okay, next. Have you heard about training for your body type, ectomorph, etc.? Yes, I've heard about it. I, I think there's probably some truth to it for some some people, but I find that stuff like that ends up being a limiting factor for people. Yes. Yeah. Um, honestly, you're probably capable of anything you want to set your mind to if you work hard enough. It's easier for some people, harder for others, but you can find a way. Just get your ass to work and, and stop looking for all these, well, I'm this and yeah. I'm that. Yeah. Put a label on yourself. Yep. Just get to work. How often do you use recovery methods such as the sauna and cold showers every single day? Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as over recovery and uh, I want to be in the best shape I can for my workout so I can get the most out of my body. So as much as possible, sometimes I'm having two saunas a day. Any advice for training during Ramadan? Yeah, so when you're fasting for most of the day, uh, basically I would just treat it like an intermittent fast. Probably not gonna have great energy throughout the day. Um, So if you're gonna eat something after sundown, then maybe, maybe have something light, go work out, and then have a big meal after. That, that's probably the way I would approach it. Um, Ramadan, just so you guys know, 2019 is Sunday, May the 5th to Tuesday, June uh, 4th. And it says dates may vary. And that's because in different parts of the world, they'll change the dates. Mm-hmm. Um, according to, uh, you know, the amount of light and, 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 and things like that to make it a little easier on, on people. But, you know, for Ramadan, for me, it's exactly that. It's intermittent fasting. We had a wrestler on our team at the Western University of Western Ontario who always observed Ramadan. And the big thing was that when he could eat and drink water, he had to take care of himself. Like when you're when you're supposed to be fasting, you fast. But when you're not supposed to be fasting, you need to be really diligent at getting your food and your water and stuff in. Um, what does a full day of eating look like for you right now? Now, Joe, you go first and then I'll go. Um, I'm a creature of habit, so I almost always have the same breakfast or one of two breakfasts. But imagine like four egg whites, two bacon, maybe two pieces of toast. Um, For lunch, I'm probably having uh, really spicy chicken thighs. I grill those up and maybe some vegetables. Uh, My big snack every day, which I look forward to, is basically berries and walnuts and then a big thick steak. Done. Okay. For me, uh, I am also a creature of habit. Uh, in the morning, I always start off uh, with a shake. Um, the shake is made from coffee, butter. Um, I'm using a product called Bub's Naturals right now, and that's for my MCT oil. And of course, a scoop of night or protein. And, it, and it's a shake that covers off a lot of my nutritional needs and gets my day started. If you want this stuff, Google Bub's uh, uh, Naturals um, for the MCT for night or protein. It's www.nightorperformance.com and use the code Maximus podcast if you want 20% off. Um, But that's my shake. My next meal is usually yogurt and berries or yogurt and a banana. Um, And those are actually fairly close together, Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then throughout the day, uh, I eat a lot of steak. I love steak. Uh, I think it's nutritionally dense. Um, It helps me put on muscle while staying lean. Mm -hmm. All my steak does come. This is like a sponsorship dream question. (laughs) Um, It's from meatlocker.com. Use the code uh, Maximus if you want 15% off. But I do eat a lot of their products. I eat their bacon 
bacon, which is delicious. I have the chicken breast. I have the pork. I have the steak. And so I'm not eating steak all the time. I should say I eat some form of meat, Mm -hmm. Um, usually eggs throughout the day. Um, I also consume a fair amount of cheese. And, you know, it doesn't change much uh, outside of that. There are times I'm low on calories. I'll get some fast food or something like that if I really need calories. But if I've done a good job, I can get it through bacon and eggs and steak. And then Um, after that, you take a nice long walk in your Lalo shoes. Yes, uh, because hollow <laughs> shoes will make you big and strong like Bobby Maximus. Um, just put them on. You don't have to go to the gym. Um, you don't really have to do anything. I actually have a person. I heard. Well, I don't have a person. I heard of a person that uh, just by putting on their shoes, they deadlifted over 6,000 pounds. So yeah, I, believe um, it. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell people that that happened. But go to Lalo.com. And uh, use the code Maximus20. Um, are there big differences between a steam room and a sauna for recovery? Yes, a yes. steam room generally does not get hot enough. Yep. Uh, for a sauna, the hotter the better. I mean, ideally, as close to 200 degrees as possible. Um, a minimum, I'd say 140 degrees. Yeah. So um, do you save your chest? Yes, because I am all about vanity and looking good in pictures. Yep. Um, does Joe Sabula make his bed in the morning? Uh, so I, I get up about an hour and a half before my wife gets up. So that would just be really weird. So, uh, you know, it, no. it, if I do get up later, yeah, I generally will make my bed first thing, but it's not a common practice. Next question is Bobby Maximus immortal. Uh, well, nothing or no one <laughs> has ever come close to killing me yet. So I, I, I would say yes to that. I mean, you did survive C. diff and that should have killed you. So, yeah, I mean, I mean so maybe. here's the deal. Yeah, one in five <laughs> people die from C. diff, and I had a violent uh, antibiotic resistant strain of it. So I, I, I feel like I've cheated death. I also believe because the Avengers, uh, the new Infinity War movies coming out, um, I, I, I think I could beat Thanos in a fight. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand why they just don't call me up. But yeah, I would. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a yes to the immortal question. Okay. All right. We'll so, find yeah. out. Um, Time will tell on that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on intermittent fasting, specifically eating between 12 and 20 only. Let, let's just make this very clear. Intermittent fasting is not a magic pill, people. It's just a way to control intake. And controlling intake is what makes a difference. If you're on a calorie yeah. deficit, you're going to get smaller. If you're on a surplus, you're going to get bigger. Intermittent fasting is just a tool to make that happen. If you're having like gut issues, it can also be a chance to sort of let your gut rest and heal. So there's good reason to do it besides that. Uh, but it's not like your body knows the difference of whether you stopped eating at 9 a.m. or 10 or, you know, 1 p.m. or what have you. It's not that's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, looking back, is there anything you would choose to do differently in regards to your career for you, Joe? Uh, go harder, take more risks and don't give a fuck. Fair. Uh, you know, for me, honestly, I would have left Jim Jones earlier. I, I, I spent a lot of time there. It, it, it's something that the work I did, I was proud of, but I, I probably stayed about three to four years longer than I should have. You know, I needed to branch out. I, I needed to surround myself with better people and, and needed to really focus on driving my message to the public. When you're working with other people, you're you're constantly making, uh, well, even in this podcast, Joe, um, we've got to cater to each other's needs right. to a degree. Yeah. So what I would say, and the reason I'm telling people that is because don't be scared to do your own thing. I think a lot of people constantly work for others, uh, give their best years to other people, but really they have a dream of doing it on their own. If you're really passionate about something, if you have a message you need to get out, don't be scared to stand on your own two feet. Yeah, and 100%, it is way easier to do that when you're 20-something years old and really don't have a lot. Yeah, Yeah. when you've got a a wife and kids and a mortgage, like that changes the equation dramatically. So, What weighted workouts, if any, would you suggest to supplement indoor rowing training? 
mean? Yeah, it's a pretty general question. Well, I got, I got a pretty good answer for that. There's this great book. I forget the name of the guy who wrote it, but it's called Maximus Body. Yes. And there's tons of weighted workouts in there that would be perfect. Joe, you've, you've, you've gotten good at like being my hype man. <laughs> I feel like I want to add that to, to um, partner, friend, <laughs> father, husband, uh, all around good guy. Uh, workout genius and hype man. <laughs> Add that to your like resume. All right. All right. Um, no, I, I mean, I mean, for, for real, I guess it depends how serious you are about indoor training, but I'm assuming you're talking about general fitness. If you're talking about general fitness, almost anything will help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, there's, but, there's not some magic reps and sets that you're looking for. It's like just you, you're going to need to lift. You're going to need to get stronger. Uh, find a decent program that's not overly complicated that you can stick to. Yep. What are your go to training principles? Honestly, show up every day. Yeah. You can get way complicated with this stuff. Show up every day and uh, good stuff will happen. Um, if you work at a desk job sitting down all day, but do a lot of intense exercise, what's your activity level? That's a tough one because I'd say, what's your definition of a lot of intense exercise? Well, right. Like, go, go, you, going in and doing a 10-minute CrossFit workout is only 10 minutes out of your day. It's yeah, not it's not going to make up yeah. for 12 hours of sitting behind yeah. a computer screen. We've talked about this before, but you're better off just standing up every 15 minutes and doing a couple of squats. It doesn't have to be super intense to be effective. That stuff adds up. Any advice for new trainers or those looking to start their careers in the fitness industry? Don't sell gimmicks and don't lie to people. You know, be honest with them. Stick to your guns. And, you know, everyone knows what the right thing to do is. Stop trying to be a salesperson. And learn. Learn and learn. learn. That's a big one. What's your recovery protocol post-event? For example, 20 minutes after the workout, my go-to is the sauna. Yeah, It it always is. Uh, If I don't have access to a sauna, it's a hot, cold shower. Mm -hmm. Um, If I don't have access to that, uh, usually it's some type of cardiovascular movement for 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah, or worst case scenario for me, foam rolling, stretching. What is the best hypertrophy workout to do after a long layoff due to illness? Uh, How sore? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, start slow because you're going to be jacked up sore. At that point, if you've had a long layoff, I would almost go with body weight stuff. Yeah, yeah. Rather sure. than rather than weights. I think it's better on your joints. Yep. Uh, how to build big legs. Don't skip leg day. Nope. In fact, do more legs. Like, honestly, do something for your legs every second day. Yeah. I'm in a thing right now where I go upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body. But if you want to build big legs, you got to give them more work once a week. Ain't going to cut it. Uh, your go-to stretching and foam rolling routines for recovery. How often do you do those? 20 minutes a night. You know, to be honest with you, uh, I actually, I'll be real honest. I don't use a foam roller a lot only because in jujitsu, I'm stretching a lot when yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Um, so I don't really need to anymore. But if I wasn't doing jujitsu, I guess I would do it 20 minutes a day. I mean, I got a, I have a foam roller, a lacrosse ball at home. I've got just a little stretching routine that I go through that I picked up years ago doing Taekwondo, 10, 20 minutes of that every day. And you're done. Uh, how much time should you give a muscle group to recover? Let's say it's chest. Uh, you know, a lot of the literature is what now, Joe? I mean, you're better at the science shit than me, 48 to 72 hours. Yeah. Um, I just don't buy into that a lot. And, and I'll tell you guys why. You got to be careful with your joints. Like you don't want to squat heavy every day, right? Right. You don't want to do heavy bench press every day. But at the same time, the human body can handle some repetition. Well, like I, think, if I think until you get to a certain level, like just do work. Don't don't worry don't too worry much, so about much about like, oh, parts. I'm, I'm going to miss, you know, one tenth of one percent of my workout. It's like you're not strong enough for that to matter anyway. So just no. 
just do the work. But the other thing is like some people say, well, do you ever do chest twice in a row? Well, yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I do push-ups on Monday and push-ups on Tuesday. And and if you look at a human being, Joe, if you if we owned a farm and we had to bale hay, yep. it's not like it's a, if you're baling hay every day, it's not like you do it only Monday, Wednesday, Friday because yeah. your body needs a break. Yeah. Like you get used to doing work. You know, I, I I think it's probably like by the science, if you really blast your chest 48 to 72 hours for a full recovery. But I think you could probably do a lot more work than, than you think. Yeah. And final question, when coming back from an injury, at what point do you feel it's safe to go 100%? When it feels safe. My, my, my standard is if it feels sketchy, it's sketchy and you don't. Yeah. But just um, start slow work up to what you can work up to and and you're good. Don't be too eager on that. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I actually want to talk about uh, injuries a little bit. Um, There's actually a whole thing about this, I think, in professional sports, because some athletes can come back from injury in four months, some four weeks, some take a year. And there's a pressure, right, when you're getting paid millions of dollars to come back. But your your point to like when it feels safe, you have to feel comfortable mentally. You know, and you'll you'll see, I think, I think the best example of this is a guy named Derek Rose, a basketball player, blew his knee and and took him a year to come back. And I don't think he was ready yet. And guess yeah. what happened? Yeah. Blew his other knee. Yeah. And on the flip side, you had Adrian Peterson had major ACL tear yeah. and was back that next season, like nothing happened. Yeah. In fact, he's, he was he's back. back in four months and fine. Yeah. So there is a there is a mental game you have to feel safe. I would say this, so from a physical perspective, I know you can recover from a surgery or a major surgery in four to six months, but I think for to be fully recovered and get your fitness back and be 100%, I think for any major injury, you're looking at about a year. Well, and again, is this your full-time job? Like, are you in the NFL or are you just yes. trying to be fit for fit? You know, exactly if, you, if you just want to get better at life, then you don't need to rush. No, and you do not want to get hurt worse. Exactly. Right. Like that's that's a big one. So when you feel comfortable, come back. But I love your point, Joe, about and we could wrap up the podcast. I guess this can be your conclusion is, is this your life or not? Because understand, you know, a lot of the answers to these questions, and, and we love your questions, um, everybody. But a lot of the answers to these questions are always it depends. Yeah, yeah. Do you do this for a living? Because if someone said, should I play through uh, a a pulled hamstring? Well, are you a desk jockey or a dad or an accountant or a lawyer? Or is this going to be your fifth championship in the NBA and it's going to cement your legacy? Right. Like very, very different question. Um, How much money do you make from your body? If you come into the gym, you know, one of my NBA guys, I'll, I'll, I'll say Ronnie Price or, or, or Darren Williams, and they come into the gym and their shoulder hurts a little bit. There's no point doing bench press. They get paid way too much money to play basketball. Another person who could come in that says their shoulder hurts a little bit, but it's a person who's a chronic excuse maker, I might make them do the workout, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of the questions that we're going to answer are going to be, it depends. And that's a good way, I think, to sort through question and answers on your own. Is, is to really just take a look at where you are in life and apply it to the situation. And going back to the question, advice for new trainers, right? Or, or programming guidelines, like what's the goal? And then how yeah. do you get there? You know, you're at point A, you're trying to go to point B, draw a map. Yeah, easy, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's it. Good question and answer again, Joe. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, that was great. It's fun. This is uh, this is good. I love these things, actually. They're really fun. Thank you guys for listening. Again, we would like to thank our sponsors, Lalo Tactical. Get the Maximus shoes, www.lalo.com. Maximus20 is the code. And uh, know that with every uh, pair of Maximus shoes, that they hook into your brain and actually answer questions 
yep. for you, yep. like on the podcast. Um, are we even allowed to say this shit? I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> really hey. <laughs> Just listen seriously. Buy the shoes. It helps support us and 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 supports you by allowing us to do this podcast. Uh, Nitor Performance, best protein on the market. And and we answered a question earlier about it, but you know, really, I've never used a better protein, and right. and it's made a huge difference in my body. Um, and yours, Joe. So Nitor Performance code uh, is Maximus Podcast for twenty percent off. And then finally, MeatLocker.com for the best steak, chicken, pork, bacon, uh, animal products incredible food uh, use the code maximus and that's all we got uh keep submitting your questions email me uh email joe uh you can get all joe's contact info at his instagram at j-o-e underscore cebula c-e-b-u-l-a or joe and you can find me at, at bobby maximus 